uh, today. So for um, Monday, March 6th, um, and we have a pretty full agenda and we have quite a few guests with us this evening. So um, we're gonna uh, jump right in and uh, start off our agenda. We're beginning this evening um, with uh, Tracy Kenny, our town clerk. Good evening, everyone. I'm speaking about Article 26, which uh, is proposing the acceptance of Mass General Law Chapter 41, Section 110A. When accepting this section, uh, when a voter registration deadline for a local town election or town meeting falls on a Saturday, the deadline would revert back to the previous business day. Friday. The recently passed Votes Act changed the voter registration deadline from 20 days to 10 days before the election. Um, Canton's elections are held on Tuesdays, so the voter registration deadline would now fall on a Saturday, and the clerk's office must remain open on that day from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If the deadline were on a Friday, Instead of closing the office at 1 p.m., as we normally would, we would remain open on Friday until 5 p.m. Accepting this law would save the town the cost of having to pay overtime to a member of the maintenance staff to open and close the building on a Saturday and the overtime to a member of the town clerk staff. Um, there is already a member of the maintenance staff working on Friday afternoons and the overtime paid to a member of the clerk staff would only be four hours on a Friday versus nine hours that would be paid on a Saturday. The last day to register to vote typically generates little, if any, activity. By accepting this section of the law, we don't believe it would be disenfranchising anyone from registering to vote, as there are many options to citizens to register to vote such as registering in person at town hall, you can register by mail, you can register online, or uh, through the registry of motor vehicles. And we advertise the voter registration deadlines accordingly. I've heard from 60 other, 66 other communities in Massachusetts that have previously accepted this section of the law. And um, I know of four other communities in Massachusetts that also are proposing passage or acceptance of this section of the law um, as articles on their spring town meeting. All I mentioned to you, and anyone has any questions? Any members of the committee have questions? I mean, I think it's also important to note what you said at the beginning, which is that um, that it's now a, a longer period that people have available to register. So while that Saturday would not be an option, they can register much closer to the election than they could under the previous, the way it was previously. Am I correct in understanding that, Tracy? That's correct, yes. So hearing no questions, would the committee be feel prepared to go ahead and vote on um, Article 26? I move that the Finance Committee um, recommend Article 26 as written in the warrant. Second. 
Second, any further discussion? Um, we'll go ahead and take the vote then. Randy, can you call the roll call? Yes, Madam Chair. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Unanimous, Madam Chair, 700. Very good. Thank you very much, Tracy. And um, I think that was that was a quick one. Let's see how the rest of our evening goes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yep. Thanks for coming, Tracy. Thank um, you, Tracy. For all you and the clerk's office does to uh, really run our elections so well. And um, it's, it's much appreciated. Well, thank you for that very much. We appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to move on to, um, we have Jody Middleton, our uh, town's HR director here to talk with us about um, a number of budget lines as well as an, an article. So Randy's going to start us off with the budget lines and then we'll move into the article. So go ahead, Jody. We're starting with uh, Department 154, Human Resources. Okay. Thank you everyone for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Jody. I haven't been in front of the committee in quite some time. So here's hoping it goes as smooth as Tracy went. Um, I'm asking for a modest increase to the HR department's budget of $13,000. This is to purchase a software by Lexapol. It's a web-based software and they work a lot with um, public safety and local governments um, to kind of, it's a web-based um, software program to hold your policies and also to update all of your policies that you have. Currently, they're all in Word documents and they're upgraded and they have to kind of be organized and held on a hard drive and then uploaded to the website. But here it's web-based and they keep everything in that platform. And then also if there's a change to a state or a federal law, they'll email you the updated version of that policy. So we're always up to date with um, all the regulations. Um, you have the ability to edit and customize the policies. You can distribute them either by paper or on, on computer, and they even have a mobile app. So for any annual trainings or anything like that, even if employees don't have a computer at their home, like station, workstation, they can still do that um, on their mobile app. But we'd also have low kiosks and everything down at DPW or park and rec for guys who can view the policies. Um, so what they would do is they would initially take all of our policies, they would go through them, they would make sure that they are compliant with state and federal guidelines. Um, and then they would also cross reference to see if we're missing any policies and incorporate those policies as well. Um, you can also do um, trainings with them. They have a training segment. So, um, and it's just not where, so for onboarding and everything like that with incorporate with the ethics trainings, if we have sexual harassment trainings or any other policies, they can watch training videos and then ask questions so that you can't just, you know, scroll down. Yes, I read, they do have to answer the questions. So, um, and then we get notified of a certificate program or that they have completed. And also that works with the annual training as well. Um, and also for the approval process, the select board still 
um, has the final approval process of all policies, they can do them all in one lump sum, or we can send them to them, you know, if there's an update per policy. Um, they can review all of the track changes in the web-based, or you can even print out for the track changes. And they also archive all the old policies too. So if you do revise them, you have the old policies that you can compare to. So it's just not written over. Um, and you can do tons of reports and tracking of who's um, in compliance, who's read it, who hasn't, who's just opened it, things like that. Is this a... Um... So obviously the 13,000 is to uh, purchase the system and, and begin with the system. Um, is there an annualized uh, software fee or um, is the cost gonna be the same for subsequent years going forward? Is it less? There will be an annual, annual software fee. The, right now it's um, a little costly because they do have to compare all of our policies. There's an upfront cost. They have to build the database you know, specific to Canton. And then they also have to make sure that all of our policies are in compliant. You give me two seconds, I can get out what the annual cost is. I had it down, but lost the page. Um, I think it's, I think, it's, um, I think it's included in the first year, right, Jody? It's included in the first year. Um, we did get a prorated rate. Um, it, so we wouldn't start this process until October. Um, so I know the funding would probably be available in January, but with vacations and everything like that, they did get us a prorated rate. So if we work with them starting in October. Um, that is why it's a little less this year. Um, and then it's an annual cost of about $12,000 to keep it ongoing every year. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Other committee members have questions? Do you want to take us um, then, Randy, to 910? Absolutely. And um, Jody, I, I figured we'd just start with Article 5, um, which is associated with the uh, Police Department uh, Education Incentive. Um, so, so part of the negotiation process with the police and the settlement of their contract um, was to go back to the education incentive. Um, you might hear more, understand more of traditional Quinn is what it was when the state funded the education bill. Um, there's no more traditional Quinn um, per se, so we're calling it the education stipend, but it was kind of split 50-50 of patrolmen coming on board. So anybody who was hired before a certain date got the percentage of the Quinn um, you know, 20% either associates, bachelor's or master's degree. And then those hired after a certain date would just get an annual stipend, which was significant lower. Um, over the years, it's kind of equaled out um, and it's creating little inequities between the patrol officers. And also in these days and age, um, it could be used as a recruitment tool as well, because if they're used to getting Quinn in one or education incentive in one community and they're looking to transfer out, they might not take our community because they're gonna lose that income as well. So it would be almost a pay cut. So part of the negotiation is that we would move back towards the traditional percentage of education incentive. Um, and they asked that it would be retro to the beginning of the contract, which was July 1st, 2022. I might have my fiscal years off. It's been a while since we started. 2023. Ah, 2023. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so um, we do need to have that voted at annual town meeting in order to get the retro. And um, Jody, if you don't mind, I figured I would yeah. uh, share the um, the calculations that uh, between you and I and the, mm -hmm. the chief had put together to come up with the amount to go into the article. So um, obviously we're not showing names, but uh, we have what, what's been paid out for the non-traditional Quinn, which has been stipends. Um, and then what that percentage uh, would be when transitioned to the something that's Quinn-like, uh, calculate the Quinn amount, and then calculate the uh, increase uh, in F for FY23 and for FY24. So for FY23, um, the total is uh, 105,583, but then we dug a little deeper here uh, with the chief's assistance and uh, determined that there were three, um, three individuals that had uh, uh, left the town or retired from the town where the, the Quinn payments would no longer be made. So we were able to reduce that amount uh, by 80,000. Uh, but then looking at the non-traditional uh, Quinn uh, amount uh, that was actually budgeted was 42,600, but the amount that we've been incurring is 93,000. So we have to cover the difference there, 50,400. So the math here is it's an increase of uh, 105,583 plus the savings of 80,000 less the under budget of 50,400. So 75,875 or 76,000. For FY23, and that's what's that's the amount that's associated with Article Five, and then the amount that would be associated uh, with uh, this uh, provision in FY24 um, would be um, 116,000, and we're carrying that uh, up in Department 910, uh, which is you know part of the municipal budget, uh, which I'll show you here. Uh, so this is Department 910, not the whole thing, but this is the component, which is the contract provision. Um, so the first item being 116,000 associated with uh, this uh, police officer's ed incentive uh, that would be applicable in FY24. Uh, we have a personal contract amount um, that we're, we're carrying here that would drop down uh, for the chief in FY24. And then we have a contracts contingency of 8,055. So 135,561 uh, in total on this line. If, and then if we go to this budget, Department 910, um, that's the only item that's changed. We had a, uh, a placeholder of 300,000 when we started the process, but now uh, we only need 135,561. And so that's a reduction of 164,439 or a total budget of 303,961. So the action that's needed, oh, Tim, go ahead. You've got a question. Thanks, Cindy. Um, yeah, just two, two quick questions. Randy, on your, you had a, a detailed schedule there where you were showing the computation. Yeah, so I was just curious that where it says 20 or 25%, what, what is the 20% of, what is that comp, what is the formula? It's of uh, it's on base salary. Base salary, and, okay. And it's a higher percentage depending upon your level of education. Okay, so based on your 
level of education if you meet that you the the payment is a is a percentage of your base salary correct gotcha okay and then and then one question for jody i'm just curious is is this something do you know or we're seeing in a lot of cities and towns or is canton kind of kind of getting out in front of this or um, a lot of cities and towns went to the stipend um, when the government stopped funding the traditional plan, but now because of recruitment and trying to um, retain, they are moving back towards their percentage base. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Amelia? Um, uh, thanks for the uh, presentation regarding this. Uh, the um, in addition to professional development that this would assist with, um, does it also, having more um, officers take advantage of this, does it allow us to potentially leverage more grants or in any other ways provide other positive externalities to the police force by having more um, advanced education among the, the members? don't know the answer with the grants to be honest with you um but it certainly um would probably i don't it wouldn't hurt with our accreditation process and then also you know the level of um service that we do pro um, provide to the residents um you know it will certainly will not hurt us moving in this direction and with regard to the um quinville somewhat to um uh, tim's idea I point the uh, Quinn bill used to be funded by the state is that right and then it was the funding was withdrawn um was Correct. what was the reason for the withdrawal was it just budgetary pressure or yeah. my uh, Jody if I may unless you prefer it. Um, no, my no. understanding is that um is that it was it was budgetary I think they were, this was Kind of a cost ship move from my perspective been watching it for um decades at this point um initially the funding was cut to a lower percentage and then it continued to be cut to a lower percentage until finally um they just phased it out and to, to jody's point what what i've seen is that as the um as the uh, uh the department um begins to change in terms of the demographics you bring in uh you know newer younger officers um who who don't have it as jody pointed out it's a um it's a discrepancy between um between the two and um and to, for competitive reasons which is a tough hiring environment out there right now for this department for any police department um uh, departments are migrating back to it um for from a fairness and a recruiting standpoint mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would. I would think it would also. I, yeah, would I think it would help with uh, recruiting and stuff because it would make, um, you know, providing that incentive for professional development definitely is a, a good perk to have. Thanks. Any other, any other questions, comments from uh, members of our committee? So the action item for us this evening would be to vote on Article 5. Um, and so um, can you just take us uh, back there, 
Randy, and I, the amount I have written down here, if you can make sure I'm correct, because we do need to add, um, we are just, um, we are just voting to add the um, 76,000. Okay, 76, I had 75, 875, you want us to go with 76,000? Yeah, just for, for rounding purposes, okay. a little safer. Okay. Um, so um, do we have a motion for Article 5? I move that the Finance Committee um, re recommend Article 5 uh, regarding uh, the raising and appropriation of 76000 Is it additional dollars or dollars? Additional. Additional dollars um, uh, as um, written in Article 5. For fiscal year 2024. And that would be from free cash. No, no, no fiscal oh, 23. 23, sorry. Fiscal year 23 from free cash. Second. Second. Okay, any further discussion? Hearing none, Randy, will you call the vote? Yes, Madam Chair. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Okay, seven zero zero, Madam Chair, unanimous. Very good. So Jody, hopefully that was uh, felt smooth as Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Better than I thought. <laughs> Very good. And we are right on time. I got to call out Ellen for her uh, scheduling. Uh, we're right at 725 and the next item on our agenda. Thank, Thank you very much, Jody, for Thank joining you. us. Thank and, you. Um, providing us with an update. And we'll move on to um, our town administrator, Charlie Duty, to bring us uh, through the executive office requests. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Good, good. Uh, this is a little bit different. Usually I'm asking you for fire hoses and ladders and axes. <laughs> so you're going to have to bear with me this time. We like having you in this role, Charlie, so welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. It, uh, it has been an interesting adjustment, but uh, Mr. Scollins has been a great help to me. So uh, we're, we're, we're doing fine. Uh, so I am going to speak to you tonight first about the executive office budget. And the, the majority of the request for the executive office is for uh, an increase in actually hours uh, from 35 to 40 hours for my executive assistant. Um, because um, I'm new to this job, I have uh, required some uh, additional assistance and uh, the executive assistant has done a fantastic job kind of stepping up and keeping all the balls in the air. And I quickly found that 35 hours a week was not sufficient for what I am asking her to do. So um, that that request to go from 35 to 40 um, is the is the majority of the increase of the executive office budget. It's roughly $15,000. So with that increase in hours comes increase in responsibility. Um, I have uh, asked the executive assistant to take on. Uh, special projects. She uh, completed the Green Communities Grant, which was previously done uh, by a town planner. Uh, she's working as a liaison with department heads, and she recently rewrote the liquor regulations and worked extensively with the police department. So um, these are things that need to be accomplished that I don't necessarily have time to do. And uh, that's the, the reason for the increase in hours. I'm also trying to do some succession planning. 
that uh, position. I, my vision for that position is that it becomes an assistant town administrator so that uh, when it comes time for me to ride off into the sunset, there'll be someone who can hopefully slide in and continue to have the town operate smoothly. The, uh, the next uh, request was an increase in the training and education budget by $2,000. Uh, that's largely uh, a function of me because uh, the, the select board has required me to obtain some certifications that I don't currently possess. So, uh, for example, I'll, I'll, I'll be attending uh, the Suffolk University Public Administration Certificate Program, likely in the fall. So with, uh, with those certifications comes a little bit of increase to the cost of, of training and education. And then the others are some, um, some small... Uh, additions to the contingency budget, budget just based on uh, you know usage in past years. Uh, our audit firm went up slightly in their their audit price by five hundred dollars. So um, that's the the extent of the executive office increase this year. Questions? Charlie, did did you want to speak to the PR component? Just going to ask about that. <laughs> well, uh, are we are we keeping that in, Randy? Yes. Oh, okay. Good news. I I had no idea. I thought we were gonna we were gonna lock that off. So, boy, that was this was worth coming to the meeting. Um, so we had a great meeting for everybody's benefit, uh, Charlie. We had a great meeting on Friday, team meeting to to uh, come to balance, and, um, and 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 this item was spared. Yeah, it was good. It was good. We had we had a lot of a uh, lot of creative ideas generated, so it worked out great. Uh, the the ninety six hundred dollars is for uh, that's a fee to a public relations firm, uh, John Guilfoyle. He's right here in Canton. His firm is, and they do a lot of uh, public relations, marketing, uh, crisis communication. The Canton Public Schools use them uh, frequently, and uh, I use them at the fire department frequently. And I wanted to bring them over to the um, executive office side so that we could utilize their services. They. Um, uh, do a lot of social media uh, work for us. Uh, they maintain websites. Uh, they do press releases. And as I said, if we had some type of crisis where the media was going to be involved, they have crisis communication services as well. And the annual fee is $9,600. I think it's well worth it based on my experience in the past uh, with the fire department. And uh, I would, I'd like to continue to work with them if possible. I think that's it. Yeah. Yep. Questions, comments from the committee? Okay, then it looks like we can move on to 422, which is street lighting. Yep. Uh, the street lighting budget, we asked for an increase. Two, two reasons. One, uh, our contractor, I think it's Pinedale, has, uh, we have a contractual increase with them. And then, I think everybody's doing the same thing with the with the, the price of electricity, trying to figure out, you know, how much more it's going to be. And, you know, based on the research we did, our conversations with Eversource, you know, we landed on somewhere around a 29% increase in the cost of electricity. So we factored that number into our electricity cost this year for streetlights. Not seeing any hands raised, so I think we can move right along to 946, which is town insurance. Town insurance, uh, another increase. Again, that's 
that comes from the insurer directly. So we use Northstar, they're our broker. And essentially what they do is that the broker goes up and he solicits uh, quotes and prices from the various carriers and he gets us the best deal that he can. And our rates will vary from year to year depending on a lot of things. Workman's comp claims, for example, have an impact on our pricing in addition to you know taking on new buildings like St. Gerard's property that leads to those, those increases. It's not a huge increase, but it is an increase in our insurance. Um, seeing no questions, let's move on to um, Article 20, which is to acquire 27 Neponset Street for a parking lot. And uh, yes. some committee members will remember this uh, discussion about this particular piece of property from last year's town meeting. Yes, so you may be aware that the town owns 25 Neponset Street currently, and the select board had indicated they were interested in acquiring 27 Neponset Street should it come on the market. And then the thought was we could combine those two parcels and, and make a, a parking lot specifically for the benefit of the downtown businesses. And that's something that, um, you know, that's that parking is at a premium downtown and anytime we can create it, uh, I think it's a benefit for our businesses down there. So we have an opportunity to acquire 27 Neponset Street. Uh, I am currently in negotiations with the owner uh, on the price of that property, but we have to have the, the placeholder for town meeting in case um, I'm successful in my negotiations. And I feel like uh, I'm positive. I feel like we're gonna be able to come to an agreement and acquire that property. So can you refresh our memory on how this looks rather? Um, so we need to, I understand the um, you know authorization to acquire um, dollar amount that will go on this? Are we in a mode where we will sit tight on this a little bit and get further along the road with negotiations prior to town meeting? Yes, I need, I probably need another week. Um, I will definitely provide Randy with a firm number if, uh, if I'm successful in reaching an agreement with the owner, and I think I will be. Okay. Dave, you have a question or a comment? Uh, yes, Cindy, thank you. Um, and Mr. Duty, I have a question in regards to parcel um, number 25, New Ponset Street. Last year, the resident sponsored an article, which I believe passed town meeting. And from my understanding, the select board was to act upon that parcel. And just curious if there has been any action by the select board to actually let that resident be able to purchase the property. I'm sorry, Dave. Are you talking about the purchase of 27 or 25? 25. 25. That was on the article uh, last fiscal year. Yeah, so I'll oh, go ahead, Randy. Um, thank, thank you, Charlie. I was just going to say yeah, the select board took that up uh, rather immediately uh, after town meeting, and um, they voted not to uh, sell the property uh, to retain it for the purposes articulated here. Um, uh, associated with 27 to Ponza Street to combine the two, if possible, to increase parking. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Any other comments, uh, Emilio? Um, thanks, Charlie, for the um, for the uh, summary on this uh, these uh, this article. Um, I did have a 
a question with regard to it once if we are able to acquire th this property do we know how many I, I know there was some discussion about this last year but if how many parking spots that would be able to create for that area or has a like a a project a design of that not been it, it pursued yet yeah the the design of that has not been pursued yet just because of the unknown but i think uh if, if this works at town meeting we'll we'll engage engineering and, and designing a, a lot I think I mean just speaking for myself I think it sounds like a great opportunity to promote the economic development of that area of the downtown to kind of offset some of the parking issues in the area I agree thanks any other comments or questions from the committee so we will hold on any uh, voting on Article 20 until we have uh, more details on the costs, but we at least kind of have the lay of the land in terms of the intent of the article. So if there aren't any um, further questions, we can move on to Article 21, which is to acquire permanent and temporary easements over 72 Pleasant Circle and 64 Oak Road for drainage and infrastructure. Yes, uh, so this article is, is a result of stormwater uh, that is running through the uh, property of the resident at 72 Pleasant Circle. Uh, he's a, the resident is a, a new owner. The previous owner, I don't think raised the issue, but the new owner did and after going after the DPW went down and looked at it, indeed the, the stormwater is running down Pleasant Circle through this uh, homeowner's yard and creating quite a trench and basically washing out his his yard. So he has asked the town to remedy the situation. Um, engineering has looked at what needs to be done. And in order to, to correct the problem, easements have to be obtained. Temporary easements so that the work can be done. The idea is to tie um, a new drain into the existing drain. But in order to do that, you need to take some temporary easements to do the work. And that does include uh, an adjacent property, 64 Oak Road, uh, that we may need to use uh, to, to navigate some of the obstacles to getting the pipe in the ground, like telephone poles and, and things like that, garage that's in the way. So that's the first step to, to solving the issue is to obtain the easements. Once the easements are obtained, then we can set about uh, doing the work. Could you comment on the language about acquiring by purchase gift or eminent domain permanent? For city, in my experience so far, which is not extensive, um, I think that that's a kind of a stock phrase that's used because the, the easements can be obtained in various ways. Sometimes folks will just give you the easement. Sometimes we'll need to take it by eminent domain. And sometimes there is an exchange uh, based on the value of the, of the land you're asking the easement for. In this case, I think there'll be uh, no cost to the town because they're temporary easements and uh, you know, right of entry will be signed to allow the town to, to do the work that's gonna benefit the homeowner. So clearly we, you have the support of 72 Pleasant Circle because they brought this concern to your attention and Kim, is it safe to assume that the owner of 64 Oak Road has also been engaged and is on board or is there still work to be done there? That's a great question. I Clearly the uh, 72 is good. I don't know if engineering contacted 64 Oak Road. My assumption is they did, because typically when they provide me with a, with a layout, they've done all their due diligence, but I will double check um, with engineering to make sure that they have it. If they have not, we will certainly reach out before town meeting. Okay. 
And again, this is a temporary easement um, to help navigate some of the obstacles that are in the way, should we need to do that. Questions, comments on behalf of the committee? Emilio? Also, Joe, I think that um, that would be a good uh, article to prevent the town having some issues with stormwater on private property, because I think we've visited some other articles in the past where that's not something the town wants to allow to continue for various reasons. Right. Any other comments? Uh, my question would be whether the committee is um, would be ready to vote on this, whether we want to wait to be uh, for confirmation that the Oak Road uh, residents have been notified. I, I, I think this committee may be a little um, sensitive to that issue because in the past there have been issues that ended up at town meeting where there was some question about um, uh, you know the engagement of the resident and agreement. So. Um, you know, we may want to hear more formally that they're on board. Um, Dave, do you want to comment? Yes, thank you, Cindy. I would just suggest waiting till we know 100% that both parcel owners are on board um, with this agreement, you know, so we don't have a, a similar situation to what we had in years past with Angeles Street um, acquiring that easement. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea. I can, I can find out pretty quickly. I, you know, I'll I'll find out tomorrow. I'll, I'll verify that both home, homeowners are aware of it. And if not, we will certainly make them aware of it in time for your next meeting. Excellent. Thank, thanks Thank so you. much, Charlie. Sure. Other questions or concerns from the committee? So here none will uh, leave both 20 and 21 for a future vote um, and move on to 22, Article 22, acquire right of way takings and permanent or temporary water easements for the Revere Court Bridge. Yeah, this is kind of an interesting project. Um, I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're all familiar with the Revere, if you're with Revere Court, which is a very tight, uh, space tight neighborhood to get into off of Revere Street and the bridge. That I can't tell you how old it is. It's many, many, many years. Uh, the state has decided that they will replace the bridge, which is great. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a great benefit to that neighborhood to replace that bridge. They have uh, about 25% completion on their plans. They, if all goes well, uh, they're talking about perhaps beginning uh, the project in the fall of 23 or spring of 24. Um, and with, like I said, it'll be a great benefit today, but they're going to widen the bridge. So right now, if you're familiar with it, it's only one vehicle at a time. Um, and putting on my old hat, very difficult to access in emergencies. So not only is it going to be a safety improvement, but it's going to be a convenience improvement for the neighborhood. Um, part of that project, however, because the, the road will be um, substantially modified, is easements, temporary easements that are going to be needed, and two small permanent easements that are going to be needed so that they can um, create the road um, the manner it, it needs to be so it all, it all works. The other thing that is going on is that since this work is occurring, the town wants to take the opportunity to upgrade and replace the existing water main. So currently there's a four inch water main that goes under the river and uh, into Revere Court and services the homes that are there. 
we would like to uh, replace that main with an eight inch main so that uh, they'll have an adequate water supply for years to come in that neighborhood and reliable uh, replacing the pipe that is currently there. So I think it's a great idea. Uh, it's a good opportunity to get that work done. Um, and you know, it's not gonna cost the town as much as it would have were we to have to do this project on our own. <clears throat> so the, uh, the I, I know we're sensitive to making sure the neighbors have been advised and they have been in this case. Uh, there was a public meeting held by the DOT in which the neighbors were notified and had the opportunity to comment on the project. And I think most people are uh, on board with the improvements. It sounds like these are improvements. And I think about the time I, you know, once a couple of times I've been down there, um, clearly much needed. And, um, you know, I, I think I can appreciate on the public safety side as well. Tim, did you have questions or comments? Yeah, just a question. I'm I'm just trying to picture which what what bridge are we talking about? It's the it's it's called the Revere Court Bridge. So if you're uh, you're on Revere Street and you're you're driving by the fire station and say the fire station on your left hand side. Okay. When you go by the fire station, right about where St. John's back entrance is. Okay. You come to Revere Court, and if you okay. take a right on Revere Court, it'll take you into that small neighborhood that actually is behind some of the downtown businesses. It's kind of okay. Down is it is it almost almost like you're going to drive onto the Revere um, Heritage property, or is it past yeah. that? Yeah, it's just it's just past it. Just past it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Take a ride down there, Tim. You'll be fascinated. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> it's a very tight neighborhood. It is. It is. When you go to come out, you got to like turn yourself around. And <laughs> yeah. Maybe 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 right. I'll take a walk. Maybe I'll start yeah, with a yeah. walk and see. It's a better idea. Amelia. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, just to um, clarify, so the Article 22 is to acquire the easements and then the water replacement improvements. Are those the ones that are appearing in the capital budget along with the, the money provided, I think it's by the state, if I remember? Yes. Okay, so these two dovetail together. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, Shai. Yes. Any other questions or comments? Are we able to vote on this one, Randy, this evening? Uh, if there's, if no committee members have objections to voting. Okay. Um, so um, I don't see anybody giving me any indicator that they're not ready to go there. And if, um, so um, if we want to. Uh, I move uh, that. We've got a link in the chat for those who want to see more about the bridge. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> um, but if we do, we have a motion. Uh, I move that the Finance Committee recommend Article 22 regarding acquiring right of way takings uh, for uh, permanent or temporary water easements for Revere Court Bridge and water replacement improvements as written in the warrant. Second. All right, we have a second from Tim. Um, any further discussion? Hearing none, Randy, would you call the vote for us? <laughs> yes, Madam Chair. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Darren. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Unanimous, Madam Chair, 700. Very good.
Article 27, sustainability, climate action, and related activities. That's a pretty broad one. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a heavy subject. Um, I think uh, Mr. Birmingham is going to be on after me to talk about uh, Article 28 and the sustainability climate action uh, plan. And really, he's going to speak about it much more eloquently than I can. Um, but I can tell you that uh, Tom Birmingham and uh, a group of folks that are um, interested in sustainability and, and climate uh, came to the board and me and you know talked to us about the idea of forming this steering committee so that the town can you know address the issues of, of climate change and sustainability, which I think I think everybody is in favor of. I don't think there's any question as to the importance of uh, of this type of committee. So uh, the, the result of that was a, a citizen's article that was generated, which is Article 28, I think it is, um, that uh, Mr. Birmingham and, and, and the group uh, got the required signatures, uh, had an article written, and then submitted to the town for its consideration. After uh, town council reviewed the citizen's article, uh, he, he had some concerns as to the form uh, of the of the article and then some of the language. So um, he generated a an alternate uh, article, which is which is 27, that um, he felt more comfortable with from the town's perspective. So met with Tom and went over the in his people and went over the revisions. Uh, I think that everybody's in agreement that they'll support Article 27. Uh, the content is you know similar to 28. As I said, the forms change, the language is a little bit different, but in the end, the intent is the same. It's to, it's to form uh, a, sub, a, a committee to uh, investigate the impact of climate change, to recommend actions going forward for the town, to develop uh, a plan, and eventually to create a position of uh, climate manager. So uh, I think we're all in agreement on that. And as far as I know, uh, Tom, the, the group that's uh, sponsored Article 28 is going to be in favor of Article 27 so that uh, when one of the other is called, they'll both come up together and we're looking to pass Article 27 in lieu of 28. Amelia. Uh, I just wanted uh, to, to point out that uh, as chair of master plan implementation committee that the master plan implementation committee um, voted to endorse article 27 and to recommend that the select board create the sustainability uh, action plan steering committee to enforce the spirit and letter of article 27. Uh, Dan? Yeah, just curious, is there any funding required for this article or is that more to come down the road? Yeah, no, there's no funding required for this article. Um, however, down the road, when we start to look at creating this position of, of you know, sustainability slash climate manager, then we're going to have to identify a funding source at that time. But I don't think that's this year. Um, I, we might start looking at it next year, depending on how much work the committee gets done. Okay. Great, thank you. Yep. Dave? Thanks, Cindy. How does this new committee differ from the current 
Sustainability Committee? That's a great question. So the Sustainability Committee currently, uh, I think, has focused more on uh, recycle efforts, where this committee really is, or this steering committee is going to advise the Sustainability Committee on this larger issue of, of climate change. It's a, it seems to be a much heavier lift um, that's going to require um, a lot more uh, research and work uh, and activism to, to address. So I think the intent is to support the Sustainability Committee specifically around the issues of climate change. And would it make more sense to expand on the current Sustainability Committee rather than have some sort of redundancies and multiple committees kind of doing the same efforts? I am going to let Mr. Birmingham speak to that. So with that, maybe this is a good time to uh, welcome our guest. I know Tom Birmingham is here. And Jennifer, I don't know if you were here on this topic as well, but Jennifer Wexler is joining us as well. Um, so maybe we can invite our guests to perhaps uh, provide some insights and perspectives. Sounds good. Good evening, everybody. Tom Birmingham here. And uh, Jen, would you like to say hi as well? Good evening, everyone. So pleased to be here with you. And uh, so I appreciate the time and thanks Charlie for setting this up. Um, so to the direct question, part of the idea of creating the steering committee as an interim committee to take a look at how all of these um, different sustainability and climate issues, activities are being ma currently managed within the town. Uh, there's a number of different committees that the because of the scope of um, the sustainability and climate related issues that are covered uh, within the town, there's multiple departments, committees, boards, uh, interest groups that uh, get involved depending on what the issue is. So in short answer to your question, the expectation is that uh, we're proposing to support the uh, an interim steering committee. And uh, that committee would then look at all how all of these different issues are being currently managed and then make a recommendation to the select board, which may end up being a consolidation of several committees or um, an expansion of one and carrying you know, all of these issues under the current sustainability committee. But I think at this point, it was just too early to tell uh, without doing further work on that. Jennifer, do you have any additional comments or? Well, um, I would appreciate the opportunity to give a little bit of background and talk a little bit about the um, citizen uh, petition article from my group, as well as the article uh, that is sponsored by the select board. So I would appreciate the opportunity to talk to you a little bit about that and give you a little bit of context and background and what our hopes are in terms of how this could move forward in a very uh, smoothly orchestrated uh, manner for the benefit of the entire town. So with your permission, I will speak to that. I think uh, given how tied these are together, it, it totally makes sense to move in that direction and then we can kind of be looking at this in its entirety. Okay, great. Um, so first of all, I just want to take a moment to appreciate 
the Finance Committee for your commitment to and your tireless oversight of Canton's um, fiscal health. So thank you for your service. I really appreciate all of you. And um, I also appreciate the incisive questions that people just asked relative to um, the two articles and also the excellent um, summary that uh, Charlie Duty offered us. So thank you, Charlie. Um, and I'd like to try to address a little bit more about Dave's question in terms of what this is aiming for is a sustainability climate action plan for the town, which a number of other cities and towns throughout Massachusetts have also established or are in the process like Canton of establishing. So, um, so I really appreciate the opportunity to speak about this to you and just a moment of context and background. Uh, my group um, has been around for about a decade and Canton Residents for a Sustainable Equitable Future is a all volunteer organization. And our mission is to educate, build coalition and community across all sectors of our town to foster um, momentum to advance a sustainable, equitable future. And part of the heartbeat of that is that we need to as you can imagine, follow science like NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, whose measurement as of January, 2023, and don't worry, I won't go off too long on this. Um, we have 419 parts per million of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. And that's from human activities has raised the atmosphere's carbon dioxide content by 50% in the last 200 years and the last 50 years it's really exponentially increased. So um, we have been involved in not only trying to do education around these issues, but also what can we do? And the town has been very active in many ways in making a difference in terms of, um, and we actually, my group helped start the town sustainability committee and two of our past board members are currently serving on it. Christine Smith is one of them. And you may recall in 2019, we at the uh, Canton High School, we did a lot of community education through our Green Fest on Municipal Energy Aggregation Program for residents and businesses. And you probably are also aware that the town had already had a Municipal Energy Aggregation Program at that time for municipal buildings. In 2020, our group was responsible for sponsoring the town meeting article on the plastic bag ban reduction at point of purchase. And um, in 2021, we were instrumental in establishing uh, the select board sponsored Article 30 on the ATM warrant, which provided the enabling language to pursue a municipal energy aggregation program for residents and small businesses. Um, and we organized residents and businesses to ensure its successful passage. And I have had the pleasure of working with Tom closely, who's been chairing the committee, moving that forward along with one of my committee members. Um, and um, we are also involved in statewide legislation. For example, we're part of a statewide coalition that helped pass under Charlie Baker, under Governor Baker, an act creating a next generation roadmap for Massachusetts climate policy. 
So in terms of the articles, at the end of 2022, my group in consultation with many residents developed a sustainability and climate action ATM warrant article to help facilitate the vision was to help facilitate the next level of development of a more coordinated, uh, efficacious, town-based approach to address the extreme challenges before us, as Charlie so aptly put, you know, it's it's kind of a heavy lift, right? Um, before us for the betterment of everyone in the town. So we submitted to the town on January 4th in line with the uh, deadlines for verifying uh, registered voter signatures on the petition. Uh, what would become Article 28. However, the following day, we received excellent feedback through town council, which we then incorporated into a second version of our article. However, the new version then became the basis for what is now the select board's Article 27. Additionally, town council gave feedback explaining that the appointment of a non-statutory committee is within the purview of the select board and recommended that the select board act to appoint such an interim committee, but not included in the article. And that's what's represented in article 27. So the interim committee is not in there. So today, and Tom's going to flesh this out a little more clearly than I just did with some um, detail, we're asking you to affirm your support of article 27 while simultaneously as Emilio talked about with the MPIC and some of the other um, committees for the town, simultaneously requesting that you join with these other town committees to urge the select board to act within their authority at the recommendation of town council and at our behest to establish a companion interim sustainability committee. So with your encouragement, my hope is that the select board in the, in the vein that Charlie talked about, um, would allow my group to then act in an efficient uh, manner to withdraw Article 28 and throw community support behind 27 along with the companion interim committee. Um, so now I'm gonna turn it over to my uh, co-presenter, Tom, who will uh, maybe make some of this, highlight some of the key points here. And again, there is no cost item associated with this as as was uh, mentioned. And in terms of the point of the interim committee, it's to really help coordinate functions and add um, the development of a systematic climate and sustainability action plan for the town. Tom, why don't I hand it over to you? Great, thanks, Jen. Um, so I could go in two directions here. One is just to pause and let folks ask any questions. Alternatively, I could try to summarize um, what we think is um, the highlights and, and what we're asking for you uh, from you tonight. Do you have a preference, Madam Chair, of how to proceed? So I think I'd like to pause because I feel like there's been a lot of information and see whether folks have questions um, before you jump in. I know my First question, and maybe if Tom, if you're going to answer this, you can just say you're going to get there and we can let you go forward. But I'm not quite clear on what the mechanism is um, and what we're being asked to do relative to a committee, because I, I, as I read the language, I didn't see any reference to a committee. So are you asking for um, a modification to the article? You're just asking for a informal consensus to sort of 
hold the select board accountable on that. Could you clarify what, what that ask is? Sure. Um, would you like me to do that now? Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, it may be easiest if I, we created a draft motion, uh, not knowing if that was gonna be appropriate or not tonight. But if I read this to you, I think it'll summarize pretty well what we're asking for uh, the finance committee support. So the draft, the motion as drafted is that the Canton Finance Committee supports both the select board sponsored article number 27, along with a select board's appointment of a sustainability and climate action planning, sorry, let me start it. The appointment of an interim sustainability and climate action plan steering committee. And so um, it sounds like that was one of the things that town council pulled out of your initial article and maybe I'm trying to understand why that was and whether this like adding this into the motion recreates that issue. <laughs> so maybe, and, and if I, you know, so maybe, and then feel free other committee members if you have questions, um, you know. Sure. Um, the basic rationale, as I understand it, from town council was the select board already has authority to establish committees within the town. And it's the select board's preference not to create committees within annual town meeting. So that's this kind of idea of a non-statutory committee. Uh, the rationale behind that is it gives the select board more flexibility in terms of who's on it, how long it's in play, uh, and you know the basic scope of the committee. And um, I think the petitioners for article number 28 are comfortable uh, withdrawing article 28 because it's so similar to article 27, but for this um, extra provision outside of the article 27 that says, we, we would like to see the town select board commit to forming this committee. So while I think it's fair to say that we don't have any um, authority to direct the select board to establish a committee outside of annual town meeting, we're seeking um, your support tonight to be able to trans translate that to the select board that the um, finance committee supports this motion as I described uh, we've gotten um, the planning board, as Emilio said earlier, the master plan implementation committee, sustainability committee, energy advisory committee. Uh, we're going to try to do this with the conservation committee tomorrow or Wednesday night. Just get enough support for that concept. Once again, is to approve Article 27 and ask for the select board to support the appointment of this interim steering committee outside town meeting. And that gives comfort and assurance to the petitioners of Article 28 that there's going to be a governing body that's going to ensure that the purpose of the um, Article 27 is delivered with the right um, support guidance and leadership. Does that help? 
somewhat. Dave? Thanks, Cindy. And uh, thank you to the uh, sustainability committee members. So after reviewing, you know, just about every committee in town, which, you know, we have the obligation to do, every committee has a budget item. And you're telling us that there's not going to be any cost to the town. Like, how would you get the word out to all the residents with all the mailings? Um, just like to hear your thoughts on that. And would you be willing to add that there's no cost to the town residents in the motion? Sure. I, th I think the best way I've been trying to describe this is this Article 27 essentially establishes a plan for the plan. And it allows us to go forward with the research necessary to identify um, third parties that uh, are capable of developing a plan for the town. Uh, it gives us direction and the mandate to identify the costs associated with hiring someone for the town. So I think just to clarify at this time, we're not asking for any money to fund the steering committee, the plan, or any headcount, but we do anticipate that that's going to be the case. So part of um, the what we need to do is just do some more research on how much this could cost and where are other funding opportunities. That's another thing we don't have enough information on at this time is there's a lot of money out there um, to source for this kind of work. Uh, Metropolitan Area Planning Council, state of Massachusetts, as you may know, the um, governor just appointed their, the first climate secretary in Massachusetts and the state budget is going through the um, approval process now. And then we anticipate there's more funding that's going to be available to help towns and cities um, form these uh, committees and uh, the plan and do the implementation. So, um, I'd have to defer to um, Jen if she would be comfortable adding that there's no cost provision associated with this particular motion, but the, the intent right now is to gather what the cost would be and then bring this back to the finance committee in the town, uh, assuming this committee can get enough work done to develop the research to figure out what the cost proposals would be in time for next town meeting. I think that would be a great idea if, if you're able to come back with a price tag because you know anything you know we've seen with climate price tags whether it's you know the UN federal government the state government they typically have a significant price tag and I'm sure the town would have you know potentially millions of dollars with consultants and the other initiatives into this so you know any more insight on that would be helpful and then another point I would just like to make you know we learned last week that oil is what's on all of our streets. That's paving all of our roads. So that's the number one contributor to carbon. So to the extent that we still have roads, I feel like it's gonna to be tough to mitigate that one degree or one and a half degree that you, you mentioned in the article, um, which actually doesn't even match the, the UN data. So you may wanna review that, um, that footnote as well. I believe you have one and a half degrees over the past 200 years and the UN website has one degree. So um, not that it's that significant, but 
And yeah. another point I want to make is, you know, China's not in the Paris Climate Accord. And, you know, I've been to China. It's you don't see a blue sky day. So I don't know how Canton's going to stop global climate change. I would love it that if they could do it. But I feel like it's going to come at a big price tag to our town and the consultants are going to make a significant a lot of money and it's not going to lower the global temperature as described in the article. And thank you very much. So I'm going to um, thank you, Dave, for your comments. What I actually want to do with uh, committee will bear with me is go next to Randy because um, you may have some other insights that then might inform uh, the comments as well from Dan and Amelia. So I'm gonna go a little out of order. I'm gonna go to Randy next, and then we'll go to Dan and Amelia. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, nothing um, significant. I just wanted to point out, um, David asked, uh, you know, what funding was available to communicate to the community. I just wanted to remind the, everyone that the Sustainability Committee um, does have a small budget within the municipal budget. So they do have funds available to them. Thank you. Dan? Yeah, just curious um, what you're asking of us. Is is that been floated to the uh, the select board and the town council? What, what's their view on your course of action? Charlie, do you yep, want to take I, Yep, I can speak to that. Um, so I think the select board uh, generally supports Article 27. I think that, uh, of course, the demo will be in the details based on what the steering committee gets done. But I think everyone acknowledges um, their, you know, the, the climate issue and the importance of, of sustainability. I can't speak for I can't speak for every member of the board, but um, in my conversations with the chair, um, seems generally supportive of of this uh, committee. And I think that if uh, twenty if Article Twenty Seven passes, the board will will move forward with the will of town meeting to establish that committee or that steering committee. Okay, so so you don't see any conflict, I guess. No, no, um, we've been talking about it all along. In fact, uh, Tom and, and Christina meeting with myself and the chair tomorrow to um, to go over some of the details of uh, sustainability in this in the potential steering committee. So no, I don't think that you'll see any any conflict about it. No. All right. Okay. Thank you. Amelia. I think just um, speaking for myself now, not the MPIC. Um, I think that one way to look at that is that article, like there's no upfront costs um, that is being asked for in the article, but obviously an action, uh, developing an action plan will require professional consultants, a, climate, uh, a sustainability and climate manager will require some sort of salaried position in the future as you know, and there's obviously as, as um, Tom and, and Jen were pointing out, there's some funding that could be potentially acquired to, to but the idea is that the article sets those priorities and authorizes then um, essentially the that ball to start rolling. And then that committee would oversee the early stages of then coming to the conclusions of what to recommend. Um, and one of the, I'm not sure if it was in any of the, the things we've seen, but at MassPIM, there was a, um, a point where different seats on that committee would be filled by different committees from a cross-section of different um, existing groups in town, including potentially master plan. Um, but 
that would allow it to also be separated from the sustainability committee in the sense that it would be kind of a broader group of people kind of coming to the sustainability consensus just assessing what kinds of items what kinds of um, money is out there what kinds of things need to be done to get all of the, the these things running and then i think the idea would be that next year um, there would be potential funding requests depending on what was determined this year as that committee was functioning but i think one way to look at it is that article 27 pre uh, authorizes those goals and then the committee would essentially oversee the beginnings of the implementation of that and then come back with further recommendations. Um, I, I'll leave it to Tom and Jen and Charlie to, and Randy to, to comment on that. But I think that's my assessment of how the committee and Article 27 come together. And if those two come together, then Article 28 would be withdrawn because it would be met in what was done through Article 27. Thanks. But is the concern that there is not, that the Article 27, I believe, is silent on the committee, right? It, it is, but I think that was because um, the town council determined that select board already had the authority to create committees. And so therefore no action was required by town meeting in order to create it. So the idea is that Article 27 would pass and either before or after the committee would be formed to then enact and implement kind of the, the language of Article 27. And I guess what I felt like I was hearing is that that leaves the formation of the committee at the discretion of the select board versus a mandate of town meeting. Right. So, so that that's what I'm feeling like. And so Charlie's nodding his head. <laughs> so right. that, that's so, what I'm feeling is the difference here is, mm -hmm. you know, do you, are you confident and comfortable with the fact that if that Article 27 went forward and it did, that the select board would move forward with that committee? Um, or would you, you know, is there a need to have more of a requirement? So I, I just wanted to make sure I'm hearing all of this clearly as we roll through. Tim, and then we'll go to Charlie. Thanks, Cindy. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say I, I 100%, um, you know, am in favor of the, I, the idea of, you know, moving forward with, um, you know, having a having a plan for the town, you know, related to climate and uh, full full disclosure, my my wife is a member of the sustainability committee. So um, my my only other comment is, and, and maybe this goes to what Emilio is just saying, but um, if if I heard it correctly, the idea that the finance committee would be at a point where we would be voting on you know, you know, a, approving Article 27, but then somehow adding something to that, you know, seems to me something that, you know, I, I don't think I've seen from the Finance Committee before. So just seems like might be in a little bit of uncharted territory there. But uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just miss not 100% understanding the, the mechanics of it. So let's go next to Charlie Duty. I was just going to add to Emilio's comments, um, and and Cindy, you're you're spot on as to the intent of Article 27. So 
I think town council's intent was to give the select board kind of the oversight or the control of, of appointing this committee. And then, you know, the recommendations that the steering committee um, will bring forward, whether they cost money or not, will still have to come through the select board. So the select board ultimately is going to be able to um, either, either approve the plan or not approve the plan, decide on funding for the plan. So I think that was really what town council was trying to establish rather than it rather than that authority coming from town meeting because coming from town meeting the select would would literally have very little oversight on on the activities of the committee. Thank you Charlie and Emilio. Uh, just very quickly uh, one uh, the way that I think master plan implementation committee and the and finance committee doesn't need to uh, follow that that approach, but the way we approached it was that we um, recommended article uh, 27, and we just recommended that the select board create such a committee. Um, however, um, since that's something that clearly the select board has the discretion to do with without us, we definitely would want to take a position, I would say, my opinion, on article 27. But then the actual creating of the committee, uh, I would say the most FinCom could do is simply recommend it because, and this would not be in the same motion or anything, we could either take no action or we could recommend it um, just as an effort to oversee something that will eventually cost money. But I don't, I, I think that it is something that's implied by creating the, the by approving the article that it seemed to me that the committee would likely be formed. It, it, so like, I'm not sure by actioning article 27, I think we are kind of rolling the ball on the committee because then there is a, a, a mission that a committee needs to meet. Um, so, you know, it's up to the, to the finance committee, whether it wants to, or, or I definitely, I don't, I think that's the select boards um, prerogative to decide what committees exist or not. If this, it would obviously be making some recommendations, but um, by us approving Article 27, I think we are <coughs> significantly encouraging that committee uh, to be formed because otherwise, once it's approved, how would it be advanced? Um, you know, so I mean, like I said, Master Plan Implementation Committee did choose to recommend the committee as well. But that was because it specifically was in the scope of the master plan to recommend such a thing. Whereas finance committee has a little bit more of a, not a narrow scope, but a scope that's more specifically defined in a different set of things than our master plan alone. Thanks. Lots of discussion and conversation here. <laughs> Any other comments or questions? And I guess um, maybe Tom and, and Jennifer, if there's any additional comments that you want to make, one request I would have, um, it would be my preference that we not vote on this tonight. I think there's been a lot of discussion and I certainly know I want to go back and reread both of those articles again, but I also would want to see the um, motion that you're suggesting in writing. Um, so I think if, if maybe you could forward that, Tom, to Randy, 
Um, so, so we haven't, <laughs> um, and this, um, just because I, you know, I, I think this is an important issue and we want to make sure we consider it all thoroughly, um, before we choose what direction to go in. Um, are other members of the committee in agreement that this requires more thoughtfulness and, and, and for all of us to consider the information we've heard this evening? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I see nods. Um, I okay. All right. Um, you know, I, I just want to maybe add a comment, too, as you're thinking about climate and sustainability. Um, absolutely, we're talking about how to make our climate better, but we're also talking about how to help our members of our community live in the conditions that we have. I know I've been involved in my professional life around some work around in the city of Boston, for example, around getting air conditioning in the hands of people who can't tolerate multiple 90 degree days because of disability and health conditions. Um, and so I think as we think about sustainability, it, it is not just about, you know, what are we gonna do about the oil on our roads, Dave? Because you know, we heard about that last week, but it is also about, you know, um, other kinds of things that, um, that allow us to all live healthy and safe in, in our communities. So. That's just my little editorial comment for today as somebody who works in the disability space and um, you know has, has been um, had a lot of these issues start to rise, you know, people who take medications that are and they're heat sensitive, for example. So lots of things to consider. Jennifer and Tom, I just want to thank you for the tremendous amount of work that you've put in because there's no doubt in um, getting us even to this place this evening. Um, I know Tom, you and I had had some conversations offline and um, the amount of work that the committees have done over the years to get us to this place. Um, so I want to thank you for, for that work. Um, and so Tom, if you can get that motion to Randy, so we'll have that. And then I think we will um, take this up for further discussion. I just want to thank everyone for this discussion and also Cindy for the uh, public health perspective and issues that you raised um, are so key and the quality of life. So thank you for bringing that up. And we, Tom and I are available. I, I'm not speaking for Tom, but I know, you know, we talk regularly. If, if for any reason you want us to come back and speak with you and discuss uh, about this more, we are available and we are very happy to do so. So thank you. Very good. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jennifer. And um, with that, um, if the committee's comfortable with it, we'll move on to um, our uh, 7.55 <laughs> agenda item. <laughs> so I thought we were, oh, and Siri's talking to me. Um, our next item on the agenda is veteran services. And we're pleased to welcome Arafat Knight, our veterans agent, to our meeting this evening to um, talk about both um, uh, line five, uh, department 543, as well as um, article 25. Um, so thank you, Randy, for pulling up the budget. I'm gonna make Siri go away. <laughs> she interrupts me too much. <laughs> Arafat, do you wanna uh, talk no. a little bit about your budget? I'm sorry, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, thank you, members of the committee. Um, so we're gonna start off by talking about the, um, the the request that I have in currently right now. You all should have a sheet that's in front of you. Um, real quickly, the, the few things I'm gonna ask about um, 
in particular with the sheet that's up right now, is um, my request for an assistant. Um, a lot of what a lot of work that I do, as far as um, income goes, the town doesn't see it because it's federal money. Um, this is money that veterans, um, their widows, and their spouses and loved ones are receiving um, that they turn around and spend it in the community. Um, the numbers that you have right now are the example from 21 and 22, those physical years. Um, and what you guys are looking at right now, if you look at the veteran compensation right now, Canton has 269 um, veterans and widows and family members that are receiving compensation um, and some sort of pension whether it's a pension, whether it's compensation in the town. Um, and that equivalent comes out to, in 21, that equivalent came out to about $412,630 a, a month that's, re that's received. Um, and when you look, when you compare it to 2022, where it increased to 276,000, 220, uh, 276 individuals, that number actually jumped up to $464,497. Um, What's not being shown is that even though it was a small increase in numbers, a lot of those veterans and the widows are actually, a lot of the veterans came in and they had their claims increased. Um, and what I mean by increase, what the VA says is that if a veteran is at 70% and they're no longer unemployable, they can cope, apply for what's called unemployability, which will then pay them at 100%, um, but still, but they'll still be rated at 70 or 80 or 90%, whatever the VA has originally def um, defined. And for them, what it does is it increases their monthly payments from anywhere from $1,600 a month to $3,500 a month, um, which now with their older, now that they're older, allows them to stay at home and receive the care that they would by having to move out of town, move out of town to, to a community that might be a little more affordable. <clears throat> um, the reason why I'm asking for an assistance because a lot of my a lot of what I do spends uh, is actually dealing with these um, claims. And last year alone, I put in 71 different VA claims in the town. Um, determine what the claim is and what the and what it takes. Sometimes these claims will be eight hours, and if it's an aid and attendant, it could take up to 40 hours to complete the to claim, and that can also be three to four months in a three to four month time frame. And what we're seeing in Canton right now is we are seeing a lot of the elderly um, people come in, a lot of the elderly is requesting the um, DIC claim or the assistance just because of the fact that they, again, they are getting up their age. Um, a lot of them own their homes in the, for the last 30, 40 years, and they don't want to move out of town because this is where they grew up and this is where their family and loved ones are. Um, the assistant for me would allow me to focus on the chapter 115 um, the Chapter 115 benefit is a benefit where the town pays out about $8,000 a month. Um, and this is a benefit where it's helping with veterans who are living, veterans and their families who are living under the poverty line. And it can help them help with, with their rent and help them out with fuel as well as reimbursement for medical expenses. Um, what we do is at the end of the physical year, it's all added up. And the town will be reimbursed three quarters. Will be reimbursed three quarters of the money that they put out. Um, so my the assistant would allow me to help help me out with doing that. Um, what another another thing that they would allow me to do is in my office because I'm the only person in my office. I do have two senior volunteers that have come um, and helped me out in in three months. They have combined for two hundred fifty seven hours.
helping me out doing different, helping me out with different things, including Veterans Day, the Veterans Day luncheon, Memorial Day parade, the um, the golf tournament that we do in August, as well as different different other activities, including going through breaking down the census that we've had that we had from um, 2020, so I can see how many veterans we have living in the community, keeping up to date with how many are deceased, as well as but as as well as they help me out, so I can actually be still oversee the um, honor guard that can has. Um, and in particular, with the honor guard, we are the only community in the state of Massachusetts that has its own honor guard. It is made up of all volunteers. Um, as of right now, it's Vietnam era up to the current up into the war that just ended the war on terrorism. Um, last year, we still had World War II veterans on the honor guard as well, and Korea War veterans. So with the honor guard in particular, um, in the town last year, we did about 40 funerals for, for the veterans in this community. Um, and those numbers are picking up, unfortunately, for us. Um, so my so asking for an assistant will allow me to run the office, make it more functional, and also make sure that someone's available at all times, including when I, especially when I'm taking off the web, because I have I do have required training through the state for my position where I'll be out of the office sometimes for a full day, sometimes for a week, based on what training is what's required for my certification and license in the states. So that's why I'm asking for an assistant. Um, the other smaller artifacts that we're looking at um, would be an increase in the mail, due to the fact that a lot of with the, with the communication, um, due to the fact that a lot of mailing goes out, we do do a lot of mailing, especially when it comes to the Veterans Day luncheon. Um, so I'm asking for an increase just because of the fact that price, the postal, post office stamp is going up. Um, and you guys can see where I've actually continued to spend over that budget. And that's one thing I'm trying not to do. Um, the other thing I'm asking for is money for a vehicle. Now, I'm not asking for a new vehicle, I'm actually asking for, I have actually talked to uh, Charlie Duty, and I have asked for an old an old vehicle that was sitting around a Ford Explorer that was available, um, so that way I can use this vehicle whenever I'm doing events outside the community. Um, so the fuel cost would be $3,120 a year, and $5,000 for maintenance that, any maintenance that might come up. And those are those are my budget requests. Um, the next thing we will talk about is the town accepting Article Thirty Four. So maybe before we go to Article Thirty Four, we'll just take a minute to see whether any committee members have any questions or comments um, on the budget request. Hearing none, it sounds like we can move on to the article. Okay. So the next one is Article 25. Um, this is an article that the town currently does not have. We have already accepted um, Article 22G, Article 22F already. What this article is, is a tax exemption for the family member or loved one of a veteran who is killed in action. 
or considered as a it's a POW MIA killed in action, and what that means is <clears throat> this would be like if we have a, so a service member who is living in Canton, um, they enlist out of Canton. Um, the family has been living in the community for five years. The veteran has been the service member has been living in the state of Massachusetts for six months, um, and they for some reason are killed in action, MIA, while this while they're on active duty. This is a tax exemption for that for that individual's family, whether it be the mother, father, or spouse. Um, it's very is very discreet. It's very limited to who would be eligible for it. Um, and this is an article that was picked up in January 2019. Um, and this would just add on to the other articles. And from if my correction be correct, if my um, if I'm correct, the only family that I know that may be eligible for it. Um, we only have one family in the town of Kitten that would be eligible for an exemption like this. So questions? Oh, I saw a hand. I thought I saw a hand. Oh, there we go, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Cindy. And uh, thank you, Arafat, for your service and service to the town and everything you do with the department. Um, just just a question on Article 25. Is Would that be a full exemption from all um, for that for the family, a full exemption from the town? tax or a partial or it would just be for the property tax it's for, a property tax exemption. property tax yes sir okay thank you any other questions or comments so um as i understand this this would be really us accepting that uh something that's already been approved at the state level um, and uh, allowing that to apply to Canton. Um, are the members of the committee given no comments or questions? Would we be prepared to take a vote this evening on um, Article 25? I move that the Finance Committee recommend Article 25 regarding provisions of the accepting provisions of the BRAVE Act for tax exemptions for veterans as written in the warrant. Second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, Randy, will you call the vote? You're on mute. All right. Yes, Madam Chair. Maureen. Aye. Tim. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. Cindy. Aye. Unanimous 700, Madam Chair. Thank you. Any further questions, discussion for Arafat before we move on to our next uh, agenda item? Hearing none, thank you so much for both being here this evening, but also the work you do to support the veterans in our town. Certainly, um, it is a really critical and important function that we continue to support those who have served. Um, and I know particularly as we have so many more aging 
uh, members of that community, um, the support that the veteran services gives them is really very important. Um, so thank you for all you do do for them in our community. And I thank also you, for acknowledging the women veterans because I think that that's been a something that's been overlooked over the years. Just my own editorial yes. comment. <laughs> Um, particularly as a family member of a current woman serving. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I know that that, and I know some uh, veterans in our town who have um, really appreciated that. So thank you. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Thank you, members of the committee. All right, we will move on now to um, our next agenda item, which is potential uses of free cash. And just to recap, we had one uh, article that came up last week that involved free cash. And I think before uh, we were prepared to vote, we wanted to sort of take a little bit more of a big picture look. Um, everyone should have received, um, yeah, that document. <laughs> so, um, and some other supporting materials. So Randy, I'm gonna turn it over to you to walk us through this. Great, thank you, Madam Chair. So yes, yeah, so you would have some uh, context for the articles you'll be asked to vote on uh, that are um, requesting the use of free cash. I wanted to give you full context. First off on the town's reserves, I think you've probably seen this uh, already this year, but uh, just as a refresher, so our fiscal 23 general fund reserves are at just under $23.2 million. This represents 20.02% uh, of FY23 budgeted general fund expenditures. And the town's target general fund reserves is at least 15% of BGFE, as most of you all know. So therefore the maximum use of these reserves at the May uh, ATM is 5.8 million if the 15% target is to be maintained. Um, and so next up, I have a listing that I've just modified while we've been on the meeting um, and uh, removed the amount uh, that we were uh, had a placeholder for for the land acquisition. So you may, some of you may have an amount, uh, like an up to amount on the land acquisition for 27 to Ponset Street. So I've, I've modified the document while we were meeting to um, help protect the negotiations on that and move the item down below. Uh, but each of the other items um, uh, associated with warrant articles total uh, 4.401 million, uh, stabilize $1 million for capital stabilization, $1 million for uh, the SPED reserve fund, and then special appropriations 1.3 million primarily for the library roof and a couple of other small capital projects, 740,000 for a chapter 90 road improvements match, 250,000 for a capital budget contingency, 76,000 for the police education incentive contract change for FY23 that we discussed earlier this evening, and 35,000 for the July 4th celebration or a grand total of 4.401 million and uh, less than the $5.8 million that we want to stay below in order to roll into the next year with at least uh, our 15% target being met. Karen. Karen. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this off the top of your 
ahead, Randy, but how much of this, uh, of the free cash have we allocated the last couple of years? Is it that high? Um, that's a great question. And I don't know it off the top of my head, but, uh, but I do know that annually what I, and, and I'll summarize that for you. I, I will, for the next meeting, which is in two days, uh, I will have that update for you. Um, so that's a great question. But what I can tell you is that um, uh, it's only relatively recent history, the last uh, seven years or so, uh, where the, the town has been in a position to confidently put forward free cash for one-time items uh, like this, because we're, um, as you can see in the previous slide, um, it was only in uh, fiscal 16 or the, uh, the beginning of uh, fiscal 15, uh, I'm sorry, beginning of fiscal 16, 7 2015, where we were ahead of our, of our target. Um, so in uh, those years, I believe the town had the discretion or I know the town had the discretion to put forward some of its reserves, knowing that it could stay above the 15%. It's only been in the most recent years uh, where we've had uh, more uh, surplus reserve in order to put forward to one-time items. Um, and, and again, my, uh, uh, my understanding in speaking to my predecessor um, and the uh, previous town administrator is that you know, the goal is not to um, hoard surplus reserves that accrue. Um, it's to put them back uh, into investments in the community. So long as we're maintaining our 15%, um, you know, it's, it's highly appropriate to put forward the excess towards um, high priority uh, one-time items. So I think you've seen more of that in recent history where we've been fortunate with the economic cycle that we're in or have been in, uh, which is, uh, I know that sounds counterintuitive given you know, COVID and whatnot, but it's actually been helpful uh, to, our, um, to our reserves. But I will have for you the, um, the answer to that question, Karen, um, at our next meeting uh, on Wednesday. Thank you, Randy. Dan? Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to do my map in my uh, here. So what would that put our percentage at, Randy, if we, if we go with the 4-4? Four, four? Is that about? That would um, put us to, uh, let's see, about 1.1. So we'd have about 1%. Put us about 16%. 16, yeah. You know, ending the year. And, and of course, next year's budget is higher. So the, you know, so the threshold is higher next year to achieve uh, 15%. So it would end uh, if, if all of these amounts um, are indeed voted, uh, it would leave us ending this year at about 16%. But then uh, we recalibrate on July 1 of, um, uh, of next year, and uh, we'll have a higher budgetary amount to you know, strike this um, this fraction against. Uh, so we would need more reserve um, in order to have a reserve percentage as high as this. I think we'll probably be close to 15% rolling into 
um, fiscal 24. And again, as you recall, um, the goal of the one of the goals of the revenue uh, forecast um, is to uh, not spend every every penny, but to um, target uh, a free cash recharge for about a million and a half. So that's something that also uh, would would keep us ahead of the curve next year, um, even with a rising budget number uh, ahead of fifteen percent. Yeah, I guess you know I just we want us to go too low all on one one swipe because we've kind of been you know in the hot you know 16 17 20 percent the last few years and then we want to maybe we've been carrying a little too high so we're we're going to pull that pull that down but we wouldn't want to go below 15 it's something that went wrong right and and in this case you wouldn't you'd still have um uh, over a million dollars uh, above that above that target that you'd be yeah. rolling forward um and i think uh, the answer to Karen's question uh, will certainly be instructive to your point, Dan, about you know what has been our historical use here um, yeah. in the in, in the last several years of of our surplus reserves. And then I guess just you know caught my eye that the, the library roof it seems like is that we're always doing that roof or is it just my imagination? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's. Um, that's well, not that it's old of a building, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the, actually, the the building, the monies that were invested into it twenty years ago um, are uh, going to be fully paid off at the end of this this fiscal year. So it's been about twenty years um, since the last major investment. Um, and the what what we're seeing play out here with the library, I think, as some of you recall, is sort of our poster child for. The true need for um, uh, centralizing the maintenance function for the municipal buildings. Last year, um, there was a capital project put forward for three hundred twenty thousand, which at the time was thought to be um, hedged uh, with a contingency amount that would cover price fluctuations to address the roof and the HVAC issues there. And then when the uh, Building Renovations Committee and others uh, started to get involved in evaluating in more detail the project, um, they quickly realized that um, we're looking at a project that's uh, around potentially a million and a half. Um, so it was way underestimated last year. So what's happening right now is um, a portion of those funds are being used to do the design work uh, for that project so we can come to town meeting with a more accurate estimate um, for the library, for the roof and the HVAC work. And um, what I can share is that as this work is going on, as we speak, um, they're finding other other deficiencies in the building. So, you know, separate from this project. Uh, but um, so I'm not going to be surprised uh, if we see uh, an additional request uh, going forward uh, to remediate um, other issues with that building. Again, just um, in my view, the poster child for the need for uh, central maintenance function that has full charge and responsibility 
for all municipal buildings. Tim. Yeah, just a comment. I, I don't know if Dan, it, I, I had the same reaction, but I, it, it also seems like there was a couple of years where there was a um, police station. There was a lot of police station roof work. So I don't know if that's part of what we're thinking of. No, I think it's, it's the library. I just, I, it's surprising we said it was 20 years old. I didn't think it was that old. But, um, Tempest Fugit. What, what's that? Tempest Fugit. Yeah. Time flies. Other so comments? Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, so, in regards to the uh, special ed fund, we're dealing with the after effects of COVID lockdowns. And from my understanding, there's significant increases in the amount of special uh, ed funds that are needed as well as IEPs that are being generated. So is a million dollars gonna be enough to deal with the after effects of COVID lockdowns? Good question, uh, Dave. Um, that is the amount that's being requested uh, by the school administration. And I'm sure they'll uh, provide more detail uh, when they're in, in front of this committee on March 22nd, which where they will also not only address their budget request, but they'll address this article as well. Okay. The other, I, the other item that's coming up in terms of special ed, I think we may have mentioned previously, but is that the state has approved a substantial increase in um, tuition for private special education programs and collaboratives that will have a significant budgetary impact that we have no control of. So. Right. And in, in reading the various lines in the governor's uh, proposed um, state aid but budget for municipalities, um, it would appear that she's proposing uh, more dollars for communities for these areas. Um, but what I'm also hearing is it may be a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, the vendors are understanding that there are more dollars being committed by the state and um, can tend to put upward pressure uh, on the cost for these services. So it's gonna be an interesting balance to see what ultimately the legislature um, approves. Very good, any other questions here? Um, perhaps I might suggest that um, Randy, after you give us the update on the data that Karen had requested, we may be able to um, then at our next meeting, go back and revisit the um, the uh, article for the chapter 90 road improvements that I think we've put on hold pending some additional information. So let's put that on our agenda for our next meeting. Very good. Okay. Um, if there aren't any other questions here, what I'd like to do is, <laughs> and given what the hour is, um, our agenda on Wednesday is a bit lighter. Um, so I think that um, I'd like to put the subcommittee up discussion, because I think that's going to be more than a five or 10 minute discussion. I'd like to put that for Wednesday's meeting. But I would like to take um, a minute um, to review the subcommittee, the meeting minutes and see if we can take care of that business and also the assignment of writing discussions because I'm mindful 
as we're starting to get into the approval of articles, it would be good for people to know what they're writing on because I know for myself, I take much more detailed notes on the discussion when I know what my articles are. <laughs> so um, so let's um, start with the writing discussions. Randy, do you have the article list? Uh, uh, let's see. No, yeah. that's the schedule. Uh, let's see, here's the article. Um, oh, the, the the article list from that Ellen prepares. Yeah, yeah, I do have that. Let me just uh, go find that. Bear with me. <laughs> oh no, not that one. Uh, bear with me. Uh, checklist. Article checklist. Okay. Oh, there we go. Can, can everybody see that? So um, what I'd like to do is just sort of do a run through here and see if we can just put some names next to some of these so that we can, um, in the case where we have voted, we can get this, people can start working on their discussions um, and that folks are prepared as we sort of move forward. So um, I think, uh, yep, and uh, Ellen has already sort of started pre-populating this. Um, some of these boilerplate items we can take from previous meetings and um, uh, thank you, Charlie. And I, oh, he's already gone, I was gonna say good night. Um, so let's um, act on the consent agenda. Um, and if you want to just speak up, I'm going to just kind of go through and sort of say Article 4, Article 5. If you're willing to take one, then just say so, and we'll get your name in the box. And if we've got some left over at the end, we'll come back to them. Um, and actually, we don't have Ruby here this evening, so we'll save a few for her. So, um, so anybody want to take on Article 4, the consent agenda? That's a pretty straightforward one. Um, if you want to put me in there, Randy, you can. Or Ellen, uh, maybe Ellen can just. Maybe Ellen can just. Ellen, I can you draft something, draft Madam draft Chair. Something. That's usually a uh, boilerplate. Okay. All right. So uh, that's boilerplate. So you can take me off. <laughs> okay. And Ellen, do you want Randy to capture these, or can you capture them as we go through? I'm jotting them down as we go through, and I'll update the list and send it out to the members. Okay. Now. Thank you, Ellen. <laughs> All right, so Article 5, which we actually voted this evening, that was the Quinville, uh, the, uh, primarily that discussion. I'll take it, Cindy. Thank you, Tim. You're getting the ball rolling. I appreciate it. Uh, number 6, personal con personal service contracts under the select board. No, it's IPP. Uh, thank you. Uh, so we don't need anyone for that one. Setting salaries of elected officials. That one, um, I can take that one. <laughs> that may have a lot to write. We'll see, we'll see where we land. Um, uh, so that brings us on to number eight, article of prior year, bills of prior years. Do we have any? Is that IPP as well? No, we, we do have one. Okay. So uh, someone can take, is someone willing to take on article six? I'll take it. Aaron, got it. Excellent. Uh, Article 9, adjusting FY23 accounts. Yes, we'll have uh, two items there. 
Okay. I can take it. Okay, Dan's got that one. Um, and then Article 10, which is our revolving funds and setting spending limits. Again, that's a fairly routine article. Probably could borrow from last year. I don't know, Maureen, if that might yeah, be. Yeah, I'll do it. So. Um, I'll do it, that's fine. Okay, uh, 12 is boilerplate, supplement to chapter 90, which is the uh, uh, road money that we're gonna talk about next week. Anybody willing to take that one? I'll take it. Okay, Dave, thank you. Uh, 14, supplemental community recognition funding. That's the fund select board requests for various recognition I, things. Mm -hmm. I believe that's IPP at this point in time. Okay. Uh, along with Article 11. Okay, then we'll um, won't worry about Article 11. We'll uh, so that brings us to um, Article 15, Capital. I, I can do that, Cindy. I would view it. Thank you, Emilio. That's a big one. Uh, Article 16, um, Fourth of July funding. I think I have a draft already written for that, Madam Chair. Wonderful. Thank you, Ellen. Um, and then community preservation recommendations. I can take that. Thank you. Uh, increased Fed Reserve. I can take 18 and 19. Okay. Well, Karen's got 18 and 19. 20. I can do that one. Dan's got 20. 21, which was the Pleasant Circle on Oak Road. You can put me down for that one, Ellen, if you want. I can do it. Oh, Dave will do it. Okay, thanks. Um, and then 22, which is the right of way for the Revere Court Bridge. I'll take that one as well. Thanks, Dave. Um, proceeds from the uh, TNC per ride assessment funds. I can do that. I did it before. Dan's got that one. Um, the um, 24, regulation of dogs. I'll do that one. Thank you. Uh, Brave Act, which we just discussed today. I'll take it. Aaron's at that one. 26, town clerk hours, which we just voted today. I got it. Jim, okay. Sustainability and climate action. That might be a little more complex one. I can, um, do, I can do 27 through 30. Well, that's very kind of you, Amelia. <laughs> And that leaves us with 31, which is boilerplate. So that was very productive. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> um, I think we're in good shape. I'll do the elected officials and Randy, I'll work with you on the uh, front section. So thanks. Very everybody. good. Um, and then shall we do the minutes and then we can um, adjourn? Um, we have Madam Chair, I'm still working on the minutes for the February 22nd and March 1st. Okay. The January 18th minutes are ready to be approved. Okay, and those were the um, subcommittee. Subcommittee, and so that's only for Emilio, Dave, and I to vote on. Um, so do I have a motion to approve the subcommittee minutes from January 18th? I move that the Finance Committee subcommittee approve the elected officials' compensation minutes for our January 18, 2023 meeting. Second. All in favor, Randy, call the mini roll call. Yes, Madam Chair. Dave. Aye. Emilio. Aye. And Cindy. Aye. Unanimous 300, Madam Chair. Excellent. 
All right, with that, do we have a motion to adjourn? Oh, Randy, yes. Um, I just wanna, it's been brought to my attention that um, what will likely be our last meeting uh, before we have to finalize everything that was going to be scheduled for April 5th, yeah. um, we've been um, notified by uh, town administrator's office that uh, we're discouraged from having meetings on April 5th and 6th due to Passover. So um, doesn't have to be decided at this point, probably you could think about it, but we'll probably have to come up with another date that week to hold that, um, that what should be the last meeting of this session leading up to town meeting. Very good. Thank you for giving us a heads up and maybe we can revisit the schedule, um, Randy, you um, reassess where we are, what we have ahead of us and figure out whether we need to perhaps do a meeting on April 3rd. Very good. Okay. Hey, Cindy, yeah. I have a quick question for Ellen. Um, I think my recollection is that March 1st, I'm the primary for, is that right? I can go back and look. Uh, let, let me just check the agenda. Hold on. That's correct. Jen. Okay. Thank you. I'll be on the lookout. I'll be on the lookout. Thanks. All right. Thank you. And that's just a reminder then today, I believe, Maureen, you are the primary. So for reviewing when Ellen has the minutes for today ready for you to review them. Okay. All right, with that, any other any other things I missed before we get a motion to adjourn? So I hope folks, I mean, I kind of feel like when we start to hit nine o'clock at night, it's um, time to get us through and, and move on. So I hope folks are okay. I see yeah, nods, yes, we're not. <laughs> Particularly on meaty issues. So, um, do we have a motion to adjourn? Motion so to moved. Ah, very quick. Yes. Second. Second. Uh, a roll call, I guess, ready for adjournment? Yes, Madam Chair, and I'll take you out of order this time. Uh, Emilio. Aye. Karen. Aye. Dan. Aye. Maureen. Aye. Dave. Aye. Cindy. Aye. And Tim. Aye. We are adjourned, Madam Chair, unanimous 700. Thank you, everyone. We will see you on Wednesday evening. Sure. Wednesday. Thanks. Good Have night. a good night. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Good night.